American Road Trip Talk begins after this message. Make this spring picture perfect in Oregon's Mount Hood Territory. Book a kayak tour to Willamette Falls. Make a splash on a guided whitewater trip navigating Class 3 and 4 rapids. Get into history's interactive side on the Heritage Trail. Find your favorite color on a wildflower walk. Meet baby animals on farm loops and visit vineyards on the New Wine Trail. Plan your trip today at mounthoodterritory.com slash spring. The horizon is wide and the highway is calling. That means it's time for another episode of American Road Trip Talk. I'm your host, Gary Mance, with a welcome and an invitation to travel the byways and back roads of yesteryear, searching for America in every incomparable mile. Welcome once again, ladies and gentlemen. Glad to have you along for the ride. Glad to be working alongside Nathan Miller, our producer. This is American Road Trip Talk. We'll be back with the interview right after this. Adventure, history, and beauty all await you on the Natchez Parkway, a national scenic byway and national park. This 444-mile drive takes you through some of the country's most stunning landscapes, while also allowing you access to exciting communities along the way. From Natchez, Mississippi to Nashville, Tennessee, we invite you to explore the trace and discover America. Plan your trip at scenictrace.com. That's scenictrace.com. Hi, everybody. This is Anson Williams from Happy Days. And I want to bring attention to a life-saving product called Alert Drops. Drowsy driving is one of the most catastrophic problems in America, and Alert Drops will stop it. What is Alert Drops? Alert Drops is a simple spray on the tongue made out of citric acid, sour lemon, and water. A simple spray on the tongue, nothing in your system, and you're naturally awake, naturally alert. Go to alertjobs.com. Very important. Go to alertjobs.com and stay safe. There's room to roam along the scenic byways in southeast Idaho's high country, and it's a great time to get away and decompress. Did you know southeast Idaho is hot springs country? Come and relax in natural mineral water hot pools. Then visit one of their quirky museums like the Idaho Potato Museum, the Museum of Clean, or the Butch Cassidy Museum. Go to IdahoHighCountry.org to plan your trip. You're sure to find your favorite way to disconnect when you visit Idaho. American Road Trip Talk reminds you to drive responsibly and to never drink and drive. Are we there yet? That's not a question you'll be hearing while cruising around Nevada. That's because here in the road trip capital of the USA, that old cliche about it being the journey that matters more is actually legit. In Nevada, you can kick back in a crowdless state or national park. Gaze up at some of the nation's darkest, most star-studded skies. Meander among the world's oldest living trees. Have your breath stolen by the crystal-clear waters of Lake Tahoe. All along the way, you will find the kinds of iconic, wide-open highways where road trip dreams are made. For insider tips about Nevada road trips and unexpected Silver State destinations, Order your free Nevada magazine and visitor guide today at TravelNevada.com slash travel dash guides. Be sure to support the sponsors of your favorite shows on Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to American Road Trip Talk, everyone. Going back generations, Oregon has been known as a Pacific Wonderland. More recently, the state has established a reputation for great vineyards and award-winning wineries in Oregon's Mount Hood Territory. We have Jared Lyman with us today. 
he's back. You remember him from before, Mount Hood Territories, gaining a reputation greater and greater all the time. We have Jared to tell us more about it. This time he brings the story of the revamped and reimagined wine trail, which attracts tourists from around the world. And you don't need to be a wine expert to visit and enjoy all that it has to offer. Welcome back to American Road Trip Talk, Jared Lyman. Glad to have you with us today. Glad to be back. You know, I'm always happy to talk about wine out here, so it gives me a nice excuse to do that. <laughs> a good opportunity. Let's start with the what and the why, Jared. Now, we're talking about a revamped, I like to say reimagined, the revamped and newly relaunched Mount Hood Territory Wine Trail. Set the stage for us. What is happening this month there in Mount Hood Territory? Well, one of the cool things is May is actually Oregon Wine Month. Um, so it's something that... Uh, we like to celebrate throughout the state, um, our region especially, because we really do have some fantastic wineries here. And it's something that not a lot of people necessarily think of. I mean, when they think Mount Hood territory, of course, Mount Hood uh, stands tall over the whole region. But, you know, territory, large space, which uh, reaches clear down into uh, Willamette Valley wine country. And the result is you get to try some really phenomenal wines uh, to really facilitate that for people. We uh, kicked off and revamped, like you said, the wine trail system. So, you know, if you needed an excuse to go and uh, sample wines from different wineries, this is a good one to do it. I mean, some of us, we don't need excuses. We just haven't added now to bonus. So either way, it works for you. But the way it works now is there's a point-based system on uh, check-ins. So you get prizes more often, more frequently be between check-ins. And then there's actually a grand prize now, which uh, you could win a trip to two to Mount Hood Territory. Oh, fantastic. So you incentivize when the place itself and all its venues is a great adventure in and of itself. I tell you, I want to give you the opportunity today, Jared, to chat about them Place by place, it's astonishing to me because, of course, I did my show preparation and I found out that city after city offers many venues enough to have made Oregon wine country. First of all, there's an Oregon wine month, so you know it's a big deal in the state of Oregon. <laughs> but also, there are many vineyards that are pioneers in their own way. I think about 25 of them. I don't know how many you have total, but... A while back, Oregon began to attract notice worldwide, really, for the quality of the vineyards and the wineries themselves. Yeah, it was really interesting how it all came about. Um, you know, back in the you know late seventies, early eighties, the Willamette Valley was known as phenomenal farm country. Um, I, I'm not going to get into the science behind it because, quite frankly, I don't fully understand it. But it all goes back to eons ago when the there was this thing called the Missoula Flood, and it was. After the Great Ice, one of the last ice ages, an ice dam broke somewhere like up in Canada, Montana area and flooded all the way, you know, the western half of the country. And with it came this incredibly fertile soil that is deposited into the Willamette Valley, making us one of the most phenomenal farming regions out there. Um, it was around, again, the 70s or 80s where people started to realize, hey, this might be pretty good for uh, some wine grapes as well. So there started to, to be a little playing around and, and trying different varieties. And before you knew it, Oregon became one of the top wine regions in the country, if, if not the world. Uh, a lot of people know that Oregon, if they know or, or know wine, they know that Oregon is, is popular with uh, Pinot Noir. And uh, for good reason, the Pinot Noirs here are just simply fantastic. It's really, you know, get a lot of fruit forward, bold um, flavors. But what people don't realize is 
these a lot of the wineries have expanded far beyond these varieties that you expect to find, not just in Oregon, but actually in, even in America. One of the wineries, and I'm, I'm not even going to try to pronounce it, unfortunately, the wines because it's German and I can't. Um, but Christopher Bridge, phenomenal winery, like many of them, beautiful views. Um, they had these really cool uh, German variety of wines. I mean, I can't, you know, Gewurztraminer, I, I can do that one, but the others, not even going to try it. So you got to go and try it yourself to see what they are. But the really cool thing that I like about Christopher Bridge is the owners. He is got to be one of the most phenomenal storytellers I have ever met in my life. I've had the opportunity to go there a few times. And honestly, I'm captivated each time as I have a glass of wine. And he shares a story that just blows you away that you never even thought of. I mean, he takes the most, you know, something that would sound like a simple little event and he turns it into this half hour long story that just has you on the edge of your seat. And it's really adds to the experience and I think exemplifies one of the best parts of the wine trail out here is these are small locally owned wineries. You're probably going to meet the owner and winemaker when you go to taste. And when you meet the person behind the wine, hear the story, feel the passion behind their craft, it really enhances the entire experience. So, I mean, these aren't large commercial complexes here with, you know, some kid who's hired to sling wine for minimum wage or something. These people put their heart and their soul into the wine and you can really uh, taste that with each bottle. I have a list here of wineries that will astound people who are just not quite aware. And I certainly number myself among them of just how pronounced an effect that an impact that Oregon has as winemaking country. It's just fantastic. Let's get to some of these. We'll try to get to all of them. It's quite a list, though, Jared, that's for sure. Let's start with Canby, Oregon. Let's throw them some love. You've got the St. Joseph Winery in Canby. Yeah, that was you, you really actually segued perfectly because that was the next one I wanted to talk about because I, I mentioned those pioneers in, in Oregon wine. And actually, uh, St. Joseph's Winery and, and the owner, Joseph, is one of those pioneers. He's one of the first people to plant grapevines in Oregon and, and in Oregon's Mount Hood Territory. His winery is celebrating over 40 years. So, you know, when you, when you look at the history of the region and, and, you know, Oregon City being the first city west of the Rockies, you know, 40 years doesn't sound like a long time. But in, in Oregon's wine industry, that's going right back to the beginning. Uh, they were literally one of the first, I think, like maybe third out there or something. And now there's more than 700 in the Willamette Valley. So when we talk about pioneers, uh, St. Joseph's really does uh, fit that bill. But the really cool thing is, again, a phenomenal tasting room. You're out of the country. There's It's overlooking a pond. The building is gorgeous. It's a phenomenal venue. And there's a leaf blower outside my window now. So I apologize <laughs> to the listeners. Seems to happen every time I Zoom. Um, but one of the cool things I mentioned earlier, unique wines, and um, they have some sparkling wines to their mix, which is, again, something you don't necessarily see. I've got a, a friend who loves sparkling wines, and, and when they went to St. Joseph, she just completely fell in love with the place, became her favorite wine out there. 700 wineries. This is a half-hour show, Jared, so we can't get to all of them, that's for sure. But we sure can encourage people to take the tour. And taking wine tours is an art, 
for a lot of people. It becomes yes. a bucket list item for many. So we want to make sure that we accent the availability of these wonderful tours. We may not get to 700 of them, but we could get to <laughs> wooden, wooden Shoe Vineyard in Woodburn, Oregon. Yeah, Wooden Shoe is known for the Wooden Shoe Tulip Festival that just wrapped up actually, what, two weeks ago. Went a little late because spring decided to make a delayed entrance here. Um, but while the Tulip Festival is incredible, their winery is open year round. And it's a new addition to the farm. They've been doing tulips for decades, but it's only been within the past 10 years that they started growing wines on uh, additional areas of the property. But it may be newer People have quickly found them and fallen in love with their wines. And again, you'll find your Pinot Noir. You got to have that at pretty much any Oregon winery, but they have a lot of uh, unique varieties you may not think you'll find here either. Uh, Albarino and a, a sparking Albarino, that's uh, a Spanish white grape, um, is one of their most popular ones. And it's, I talk about pioneers. You can still be a pioneer and still relatively new in the industry. That's a, a grape that you didn't find too much a short time ago in Oregon. But it's really expanded in popularity as people have discovered the the nuances of that grape and the wine it creates. They're open uh, weekends, uh, so it's a great time to stop there over the weekend. And a little bitty uh, bit of a scoop I'm going to give the listeners here is, like I mentioned, the Tulip Festival. That's been going on for decades. But this year is going to be the first Summer Flower Festival. Oh, and really? so keep an eye on their social channels because they're going to be announcing that pretty soon when it pops. And we're talking fields of all sorts of flowers with Mount Hood in the back, a glass of good wine. I really can't think of a better time. Producer Nathan Miller, this is sounding mighty good to me. What do you think? You know, <laughs> of course, here in the Pacific Northwest, we have our own Tulip Festival up in the North Seattle area. So we're excited to see what you have down in Oregon. But I was just thinking about the trails and stuff like that, and I used to go on tap trails and wine trails too, and I still do, but even though I frequent them, it's always really exciting to get back into one year after year because I'm always looking for new places to try or new drinks to sip on, and using these passports, I'm able to identify new places to try. I can't just easily go on Google and find a new winery or a new brewery if one is opened up. And that's what's so cool about these things. I mean, I'm not maybe just trying to use it for the whole thing, but really to dive deeper and find out more unique places to check out. Now, that's really a fantastic point because, you know, as much as, you know, we love the ability to, you know, hop on the search engines and find stuff near us. I mean, we do know that there's some favoritism in there when it comes to who's paid and who hasn't and whatnot. So this is a really nice way to just put everything together. No fluff, no, you know, ads or anything. This is everything that the, the region has. And, you know, like you said, you know, going around and you may not be able to hit all of them, but you can kind of plan your trip. And that's the one of the added benefits. So you can see, you know, maybe day one, go to these three that are over here nearby. Then day two, go to these ones. Um, and I, I, no trip on a wine trail is, is complete without mentioning always drive safely. We always suggest to take a designated driver with you. And one of the really fun things about that is most of these wineries will actually do, uh, special deals for designated drivers. Well, it's whether it's, you know, free non-alcoholic drinks, free food or something like that. So there's always a little perk for the designated driver because obviously the wineries all know how important that person is to a safe and enjoyable wine tasting experience. Bravo. Great idea. 
<laughs> I think of the wineries I have studied in preparing for this episode, the one with my favorite name is King's Raven. I yes. love that. King's Raven, Oregon City. Yep, Oregon City, where I'm at now, uh, King's Raven is another phenomenal winery. Um, all their wine is grown right there on the property. So everything that you're tasting came from the vines you're looking at. Um, one of the, again, one of the really cool features about a lot of these wineries, and King's Raven fits into this, is it's not just a vineyard. It's not just a winery. It's their home. So a lot of these tasting rooms are right next to where they live. And in some cases, they're actually part of their house. So again, you're, you're, you're being invited into somebody's home to really experience their craft. And that's what makes it so much more enjoyable. One of the things I like about King's Raven, though, is, is the property is just phenomenally gorgeous. Full disclosure, I'm a photographer. I'm always looking at the scenery and whatnot. And King's Raven is one of my favorite ones to shoot just with the rolling hills and the way the vines lean up with it. Um, they've got some unique uh, varieties as well um, that they use. Uh, the The Phoenix wine is real popular. Cool looking label too. I, I, I love um, I love good art on something like that. And uh, they do some really cool fun events coming up this summer as well, like trucks in the vineyard, movie nights. I mean, what's cooler than watching a movie out in the vineyard on a warm summer night? Oh, that would be magnificent. It's it's so creative. Yeah, you know, it just seems like the whole event evolves from year to year. That's great news. And it allows people to go back and they see something new. It's not same old, same old, right? Right. On when we were talking about the whole yes. path and everything and, sure. and guiding around, see, one of the really cool things is how close everything is, but it feels like so far away. But we talked about King's Raven, which is an Oregon city, just across the river uh, from Oregon City is the community of West Lynn. And people don't realize it, but West Lynn has several wineries all within about a one square mile of each other. Um, and it's on an area called Pete's Mountain, which is actually becoming its own, uh, I, I can never get the word right, viticultural um, label because it, of its unique weather, microclimate, and, and the way it all works has become a phenomenal area for wine. So you've got Campbell Lane Winery which uh, does a lot of really unique things with their wines. Um, but again, my favorite thing is you can sit there, have a glass of wine with Mount Hood overlooking off in the distance. It makes for phenomenal pictures. Um, you know, it started off with just a couple acres of Pinot Noir grapes uh, back in the 80s to really kind of going to explore different varieties. And one of the things they've been pushing lately, which is a lot of fun, is probably the canned wine. Um, which I guess industry-wide has kind of gained some popularity. But it, one of the really fun things about that and, and, you know, Oregon's outdoor activity type of personality is canned wine is great to throw in the backpack and go up on joy when you're out on the trail taking a break. You know, you don't have to worry about breaking the glass or something like that. <laughs> That's, you've covered all the bases. <laughs> uh, and these folks have, you know, they know how to treat folks when they come and visit. Yes. So that's West Lynn. I'm astonished by the rich variety of places to visit within Oregon City, where you were located, Jared. How about Christopher Bridge Wines? Christopher Bridge Wines, so much fun. Um, they do a lot of really cool things over there. Um, I love, I, I, I again, the property is amazing. It's, it's sitting on top of this hill that overlooks... Willamette Valley. So you see the vines going down beyond in the Willamette Valley and then the coastal mountain range beyond. So it's 
going to these wineries, it's almost like going to another country. Sometimes you kind of feel like you're in, you know, Italy or something in some of these areas. And it's just absolutely stunning. And then the wines are so, so unique, so different. And even when you have like a Pinot Noir here or a Pinot Noir there, there's always something different because the way they, the, their manufacturing process, I don't want manufacturing, their, their winemaking process, whether it's different sugars, different yeasts, different aging process, whether it's, you know, virgin oak barrels or steel barrels for some of their whites or something, the unique way that every wine maker creates their craft. It, it shows that, I mean, it, it's not just, I mean, winemaking is an art. There's a lot of science behind it, a lot of science, but there's a lot of art too and artistry. Oh, most definitely. And, you know, and it's great that there is such variety, not only the venues, but of course the products themselves. Otherwise you'd be talking about a monolithic wine product and that sounds pretty <laughs> boring. A limiting. Yes. Sticking with Oregon City, tell us about Forest Edge Vineyard. Forest Edge Vineyard is really uh, unique in that the focus of their operation is sustainability. Um, as, as you come out of the vineyard, you're going to see a, uh, uh, an array of solar panels that provide their electricity. The tasting room is this geodesic dome, which takes advantage of math and science and things <laughs> that I don't understand to uh, be you know, sustainable with less energy usage and so forth, really facilitate the winemaking process. Um, they use winemaking pro products that are called OMRI, which is short for Organic Materials Review Institute listed. So everything's organic, everything's healthy, everything's sustainable. So when you're enjoying that glass or bottle of wine, you can know that you basically added nothing to your carbon footprint, because every step of the way they're looking, how can we make this phenomenal wine also be great for the planet? And while we're at it, they're in Oregon City once again. Yep. How about, make sure I pronounce this correctly, Via Catalana Cellars, a wine cellar. Yes, Via Catalana Cellars. I talked a little bit earlier about it feels like you're going to another country. Mm -hmm. I'd say Via Catalana probably exemplifies this the most because you go there on the grounds and all of a sudden it, it looks like you're in Morocco. Um, there's this huge pond, the architecture, everything. It's this whole experience. And it, it started actually um, with their other businesses on site called Rare Plant Research is they've got these greenhouses growing some of the most rare plants on the planet. Um, so people who are, are green thumbs, love a garden or whatnot, they end up getting really excited about that aspect of it. But then that care for plants, for earth, for that growing process translates to their wines and the, the grapes they grow to make those wines to create some really stunning options. Uh, the tasting room there is in the conservatory of this stone house that honestly looks like it's about five square feet away from being called a castle. It's so cool and unique looking and you go into this room and it feels like you're stepping back in time and then you're meeting the owner and the winemaker again as he's pouring you some some different wines. And it's really just a whole experience that um, I, I, ex I expect I, I suggest to a lot of people. And again, their unique stuff. They've also got this uh, berry liqueur that uh, people say is great on ice cream. Mm -hmm. um, I've, I've never been one to like combine things like that. But I have to admit, I tried it and it's phenomenal. 
Well and again, if you like sparkling wines, they've got a sparkling white that a lot of people really enjoy as well. I knew we would run out of uh, time before we ran out of venues. Jared Lyman, <laughs> thank you. And please give our listeners the website to go to to get more information about this wonderful event going on right now. Yeah, it's we, we try to make it simple. Just go to mouthhoodterritory.com. It's mthoodterritory.com slash wine trail. You'll find everything you need, all the wineries, all the information, and a link to download the mobile passport. Beautifully said. Jared, I hope we get together again. Mount Hood Territory in Oregon, a great place to be any time of year. Thank you, sir. Thank you. And thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning into American Road Trip Talk, along with Thomas and Becky Rep, co-founders of American Road Magazine. We remind you to visit our website, AmericanRoadMagazine.com, to preview the current issue. Until next time, dream well and drive safely on the American Road. American Road Trip Talk reminds you to drive responsibly and to never drink and drive. Hi, everybody. This is Anson Williams from Happy Days, and I'm so excited to tell you about American Road. It is the best car travel magazine in the world. They have the most fantastic adventures detailed in each magazine with all your itinerary. We could just jump in the car with your family and have the most fabulous adventures you've ever had in your life. Please get a copy of American Road and start your own adventure.